Hello and welcome to The Virtual Frontier, the podcast about virtual teams created by a virtual team. I'm Chris and I'm part of the team here at FlashUp. On today's episode, we are joined by Dirk Stout. Dirk is a speaker, author, and the founder of Vondelwork. Dirk, Manuel, and Johanna had an awesome conversation about trust within your team. So here is episode 10 of The Virtual Frontier featuring our guest, Dirk Stout. Take it away, Johanna. Hello, everybody. I'm Johanna, and I'm the guest speaker in today's Virtual Frontier podcast. I'm happy to sit here with Manuel Pisner, the founder of FlashUp, and also to welcome Dirk Stout. Dirk, would you just tell something about yourself? Yeah, gladly. Thank you for the invitation. This is very nice to have a podcast with you. Um, Dirk Stout, um, I'm... Well, two-thirds of my life I've been self-employed, been building up companies in the IT business, and the other third I've been working in large and um, medium-sized companies in Europe. Um, and another experience I made, I, I made education, three and a half years education as family therapist, which added very good up to some a coaching mixture, which I um, yeah um, use today for my projects. You mentioned that you were working as a family therapist, and I think that's a good point to just step in with our um, topic today because our today's topic is trust and uh, more precisely in this case is uh, trust in teams um, with a focus on remote working teams. So um, I would say let's start right away with the first question I would like to ask you uh, both. How do you build trust in a team in general at all? So from my perspective and my experience, building trust in a team is um, provided by transparency and by continuous results. From my experience, it's uh, not a good practice to just trust in people without ever seeing their results and without ever knowing what, um, what they reached in the past. That does not necessarily mean that you should control the activity of each and every one, but you should heavily based on KPIs or OKRs so that you can track performance continuously. And based on these results, you can build personal trust and personal relationships. Yeah, and just just add um, that in my view that um, trust is the, the baseline of every tribe and every social group or community you build up. So uh, in my experience, trust is, is something that doesn't fall from the sky, of course. It, it evolves with the time, but it's the baseline which you have to start with. So usually I should think that, that you start to trust beforehand and trust wears down and not the other way around. So distrust as a base of team working is, in my experience, not a good starting point. But I think um, it also depends on how you define trust and in which part you need trust. I would say that you should never use trust as a base for your project success. Mm -hmm. But what I agree is that whenever you start working with a person, of course, you give them some trust in the very beginning. But what you should not do is then only stay with trust. You should measure the performance continuously, but in the beginning, there's trust. Is this what you also mean? Um, I would agree on that because uh, you cannot um, work on a vision or a project together if you don't have any means of control or checking what is happening, what provides everybody, especially in teams which are distributed all over the world. So you need some sort of performance control. I agree on that. But there is 
there are two sides. You have to have the instruments for the control, and the other side is that the new control is trust, um, meaning that if I'm in a trusted environment, I would probably think that it's very good to help you, Manuel, to see where I'm working at. So it turns the, the view the other side around, not the, the control pushes me to report and help, but my trust is needed that you can work. So if I have this position, it turns the, the, the well, the way the information flows a bit uh, around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then, then the perspective is that we set objectives for people and trust them that they reach these objectives. And the trust is limited to a period of like a sprint, for example, and then we measure results. But in the very beginning, there is trust so that I can even start working and I don't need to be afraid that you always tell me what I should do and I can't um, fold my full potential. I would agree on that, yes. Yeah. There is a part of control you need. And you, have, you need to have a frame in which you work because if you have a company and you might um, develop chairs, it doesn't make sense not to have teams that are not concerned with developing good chairs. <laughs> so, yeah. my, of course, I have a trust in the teams that build up the chairs, but the goal is the chair and mm -hmm. nothing else. So um, this is not about trust. It's about my vision as a company and it's about the vision of the task of the specific team. But within the team, um, who is designing the, the legs of the chairs or what, what um, fabric we use, there is a liberty which is um, accepting errors of um, employers, accepting that everybody has ideas and can put these ideas into working. So this is a more networking idea. But overall, the company is the frame. And there is no use to, to discuss that. In my yeah. opinion. I absolutely agree on that. And I think that um, accepting failure, this is very important because only with failure, an organization and the teams as well, they can learn. If you punish failure, then people will never try new things. And that's why the whole organization and the team will not be able to learn. So this is certain amount of trust. I am just wondering, trust is a very huge topic and it's a big blurred word for most people if we can um, define it more precisely. So there is a formula of trust. Did you ever hear about that? No. It is. Um, so everyone that didn't read about the formula of trust, just type it into Google and you can uh, read many things about it. But it's, it's based on transparency. It's based on personal interest. And it's based on how often you have proven that you can deliver certain results that I expect from you when I give you my trust. So this is pretty much the formula how trust is built. And um, what is also from my experience when working with teams, local teams, but uh, virtual teams in particular, is that you have expert reviews. This is a system that helps to share experience on the one side and to help people learning faster by reflecting their results from another expert. Would you agree on that or do you think that's too much control? No, learning is a two-sided way or a more more-to-more sided way. So you need to have reflects and you have feedbacks and one-to-ones or whatever system you like to choose, which is appropriate for the system or the team you have there, which is might be very individual. Since we both, I guess, agree that it's a lifelong learning period we start now. This is, is the century of lifelong learning. So you have to have a lifelong mirroring of your tasks and what you do and what you experience. So it's the only path to grow and to 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 get become better. 
So it might involve that you have a certain skill which is not developed in the, in, when you started it. And you grow the skill and you change the, the way you can provide input for the team. So there has to be room that you are not focused on a role, but on the skill you deliver into the team. And that's, that's the main thing. So I trust in people's learning. I trust in um, that they want to provide something, uh, intrinsic motivation. I trust into that every human being is socializing with teams, with their tribes. And this is the most important thing. Control might, or very narrow path might, well, kill this in motivation. Yeah, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. the... But that requires that every role is defined by a purpose. And that requires that the whole organization has a purpose. What do you think? How, how many organizations can really... Uh, fulfill this requirement of giving a purpose to their teams? I think it's, it's a bit like we, we talked about beforehand. You have a task, you build chairs or tables or whatever, or computers or whatever. So the, the frame, or the, the vision of a company and uh, what they do to reach the vision is one part. So and if, mm -hmm. I, if I'm employed in a company, I'm not in a network where I'm a freelancer. I'm, if I'm in a company, then I'm accepting being part of that vision. So in that, I'm already in a frame. So mm -hmm. I cannot easily leave this frame. And in that, the purpose of what I can deliver or what I am mm -hmm. is a changing learning thing. It's life. So in my experience, a leader or somebody who has the task to, to, to set up teams, whatever the, the, the leading ship in the company is, has to have a good feeling, an empathy feeling about how to put together these teams and how to make them um, the sum bigger than the, than the parts. Mm -hmm, and this yeah. is about the purpose of the, and the skills and not about the role. Because yeah. you have certain specific um, abilities. I do have some specific. And this might change over the time. Mm -hmm. And it has changed eventually over the years. In the past years, you have um, developed new skills. So if you would have had to stay in the role you had in the beginning mm -hmm. all your adventures <laughs> wouldn't have come to life absolutely yeah. then i was still a programmer and if i would not have learned i would be a very poor programmer okay yeah thank you very much yes um i would like to get into some details because we were talking about control so because for some people um, trust automatically implies a lack of control and you already um, talked about it right now. Um, I just want to get into more details. So when should you put transparency and um, control over trust? Um, I was a, a bit wondering about how you put it. Transparency and control is something different in my, also it, it contradicts a bit because transparency is needed so that everybody has the chance to decide correctly on the base of facts that, that are offered. So in transparency is not control or non-control. So transparency is uh, the means to enable people to do the right thing. And this is something I always will agree upon that everything should be transparent. Um, uh, to the employee, so he ha might have the chance to decide correctly, um, even if he's able to interpret the information. That's another thing. Control is something else. Control is the need of the team to know what is going on, and what's what's moving the project forward, and what's what steps we go. Because obviously, we have dependencies between the different um, tasks in the project. So, if one part doesn't fulfill its task, the project doesn't go on. So, we need a frame 
And in the frame is some sort of control. Yes, it's a software usually, but you have to type in manically, I have done this, I have finished that, and I have done this. This is not a control. It's an important thing to keep the project moving. It's, um, so I wouldn't say it's control, but it's definitely a needed report. Mm -hmm. I think there is a difference between having control over the team, I mean, over the... Mm -hmm over each body of the team members and having control over the direction that we are moving forward. Um, so what you said is that we need transparency, which gives me the frame and the border for, um, for measuring my current velocity and if I'm moving into the right direction. But what is meant as control, I think in most organizations, is that managers control people. And if this is the mindset, if you go to organizations and make everything transparent, I think most people will be afraid as then they will be much more controllable. Mm. And this is the main, main problem today. You can't make everything transparent because people are afraid that they will have um, more pressure by more control of their managers. Instead of removing the managers, then make everything transparent and let the team decide if they are on the right track. Uh, it's a difficult progress for a traditional company to make these steps. I very much agree on that because you have to change actually a complete mindset. Um, control in the earnest way, in the traditional way of Frederick Winslow Taylor, which basically says that um, management things and everybody else is stupidly um, repeating moves and doing nothing um, intelligent, um, is overdone. We cannot go on like this. Um, the con control level in companies currently in a hierarchy company is based on intransparency. Most mm -hmm. um, people who are in the ladder above you um, simply hoard information so that you are not able to decide for yourself. And this goes up and up and up and up. So everybody is in a very insecure situation about decisions. You never know what is going to go on with your way because out of nowhere, there could happen something that you ha haven't seen coming before. So transparency is one side. The control of people is only is anyways it's it's misdirection of, of possibilities it's it's the worst thing you basically can do because you 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 drown the the people in in frames where they cannot grow and this is what you want actually you want the innovation you want the motivation of the people so that good things can come to the customers and good things can come to the product and you can only make them if the people are motivated Mm -hmm. And if you don't let them and control them, like um, you have to stay on your desk from eight to nine, eight to five or something like that, it's hilarious because it drains the motivation. So control is something um, different to, in my experience or my, my definition, to something that I have to report to make the project go. Yeah, If there was uh, full transparency, you don't even need to report. You just need to help people understand what's going on based on the facts that they can see and then help them to make proper decisions. Well, full transparency needs data. Yes. So somebody has to put in the data. So for the project, somebody has to put, and you have to define which data you need so that the transparency flows back. Mm -hmm. So you need a system of information flow, of communication, mm -hmm. which is based and reliable to everybody and yep. responsible. Everybody has to fill it. Mm -hmm. It's the deed you have to do so that transparency may, may take place in the first hand. Yeah, so what I think what is our common agreement is that we need a process that helps people to work in a certain rhythm where they can contribute their best knowledge and experience so that the contribution of each and everyone in the team is more than their sum altogether. Mm. So this is, this is one thing. And then we need, we need tools 
that guides those people so that they don't have to struggle with administrative stuff in the project. I would agree, yes. And then you have transparency. You have a process that helps them to bring their contribution together. And then they can make proper decision based on the facts that they see. What do you say about that, Joanna? I absolutely agree on that. And I'm just thinking about um, Manuel. Um, since you did a, yeah, a total turn last year with your team, um, with that foundation, um, I would like uh, to know what do companies that are used to working with local teams, what do they have to change um, to build trust within virtual teams? For example, you mentioned these, these tools. Um, I would like to know more about this. Yeah, as we discussed uh, before, I think the radical change or the pivot last year was that we made simply everything fully transparent. What I experienced before we had this culture is that I always need to tell people what they should do. And my time is very, very limited. And when you grow from like five people to 20 to 40, and I'm the one that tells everyone what they should do, on the one side, they don't like it. And on the other side, um, I always have to tell them, otherwise nothing happens. So this is the one thing. And then I experienced that, especially in the IT industry, everyone uh, wants to earn a good salary. They should grow every, every year. And the salaries in the IT industry are highly competitive. I want to give our people, our staff, the opportunity to yeah, get the money that they really earn. But to be able to, to do what is needed to earn money, they need to understand the business model, each and every one. And it's not so complicated. So the only thing that is required is to have a proper accounting and controlling system, not controlling over people, but controlling over finance mm -hmm. um, and accounting in place, and then help and coach and teach people so they can understand what's going on and then make the right decisions to contribute to their vision and to the vision of the organization. What I experienced was very critical for that is that we have a common interest between me as a shareholder of the organization, between the employees of the organization and the customers. If they all have a common interest and these interests align with each other at least, yeah, then it's much easier to let people make proper decisions because they have a purpose and they have transparency to see if what they are doing is the right thing. And this is something that if I would consult companies, I would ask them to go into this direction. But uh, yeah, it's very hard for corporates to change. Or what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to learn more about the organization. And I heard a bit about your history and I really was impressed with what you did. And um, since I'm working with larger companies in parts and discussing the situation, how they could change this way, it's usually about the transparency. Uh, it's the baseline. If you open up the decision-making process, you will eventually learn that the people you have before and took under control in, in, in transparency suddenly um, bloom up and they are doing decisions which were the right ones for the company. And the win-win the situation is there that the, 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 guy, the leader or whomever doesn't have to do all by himself suddenly. And any company I've been, I know I've reading books about or I've been interviewing um, every um, shareholder or CEO, whoever, the first thing they usually say that they have empty desks now suddenly. Mm -hmm. it, it, took the pro, it was a process of two or three years, but suddenly they, they turn back again to what they started with. They were um, 
people who have ideas and fantasies, but they built up an organization they couldn't furthermore dream. Mm-hmm. These, these dreams that made the company beforehand, they are drowned in, 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 in organizational and control work. So they find their way back in that way. And the employers suddenly feel that they can contribute much more and much more motivation to the whole. And everybody's winning in that. And that's the, the, the wonderful thing that can happen if you go that path. And the first step would be transparency to, the, to make decisions. Yeah, I should agree, yes. Yeah, and now we come back to the, to the topic trust. When I remember my first presentation to the team, when I made everything open, I was the first one who put off my trousers. <laughs> I first uh, told them, what I earn, I first told them what the company earns or what it should earn in the future and what my financial expectations are. I told them what is my value that I can contribute to the organization and to each individual in the organization. And then they had a choice to either commit to myself or fire me uh, because they have to pay my bill. They have to pay, they earn the money, they do the projects using virtual teams and they Yeah, simply pay my bill. And if I don't uh, contribute um, any value to them, they will simply say, sorry, Manuel, but I don't like what you are doing or what you can give me. I can get from somebody else much cheaper, much faster. Sorry, I don't want to pay you anymore. And then I would be out. And this is what um, is in the first step, a huge trust. But in the second step, it's a control mechanism for the company Because with that mechanism, everything that does not provide value is eliminated. And even more so, it's a social um, situation. It's not a controlling-based situation, finding out who is providing value. Mm-hmm. It's a self-control. Some critics on the systems mm-hmm. in the past, or even today, is that you are ex- instead of setting up a control system, you set up a social control, mm-hmm. and which is control the same. So... Um, This is not easily to overdo because social punishment for not doing something or not being able can be much much harsher. You know, mobbing and stuff like that. Social mm-hmm. streams can be really harsh. So it needs an element of friendly trust, I should think, mm-hmm. so that you are accepting that somebody uh, has a, a down period after nine months overperforming and has time to just three months go really mellow when everybody accepts it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, what I also experienced, um, so this is again related to trust or transparency. In the past, we had situations where people simply didn't appear at work. They said, oh, sorry, I have private issues. Okay, everyone made his own or her own picture of the situation because we didn't have any transparency. What happened? I understand that most people will keep their private life private. That's absolutely okay. But The more things you keep private, the less understanding you can get from others. And then they make their own, they build their own world around the facts. And then they see you if you if you are not in the company for one or two weeks, they see you as a lazy bone. But in your private life, maybe something really terrible happened. But if nobody knows, then we can't support it. So what I tell those people every time is when they have to leave for three weeks or even more. I can absolutely understand it, but only if I know why. Then I can help them to get out of the situation. I can tell each and every one in the company to support this individual. If you are sick, if you have private issues, whatever, we can all help, but we have to know it. So this is the transparency that is needed to give everyone a purpose why they should help you. Otherwise, you are just not there and everyone is full of work and you're simply not helping and 
supporting us. Yeah. So again, transparency helps to give a purpose. Would you agree on that? I love the the distinguished. Um, everybody was talking for a long time about work life balance, and if it was, and, and, and usually the picture applied to this word was a, 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 a schaukel. Um, uh, um, Johanna, do you know the the English word for schaukel? Hmm? Swing, swing, yes. Ah, yeah. And um, so a swing goes from one extreme to the other. So you just you swing one side to the other. Mm -hmm. And balance means in that where that you are either on that side or on that side. Mm -hmm. Work-life balance as a term means separate work and life. Mm -hmm. So this is a, but something which is really not very helpful. If I follow your, your thought, and I'm, I think you are right, then the much better term would be work-life blending. Mm -hmm. Because um, I experienced that there is no real border between life and work. It, it, and if it succeeds that the work is so positive for your life that you are not willingly separated from your private life, then it's a win-win for because mm -hmm. work and life is simply yes it's it's moving in and out and there's no need to to separate that mm -hmm. so and if you reach that so you share your privacy as well as you share your professional life and mix it together so it's you you mm -hmm. authentically you in all day situations yeah that would be worth another podcast because i think it's a little bit philosophy behind that but how would the world look like if everything was radical transparent Johanna, maybe you can know that. <laughs> yeah, I already noted it. Okay, but I think we shifted a little bit away from your previous question. Is there something else that you want to know? Yes, absolutely. I just uh, thought about the conversations I always have with freelancers from FlashUp, um, which definitely contain privacy as well. Like um, uh, when it comes to scheduling a meeting, um, often some uh, some private. Um, stuff comes uh, comes up so right now i'm just thinking about trust and uh, let's call it outsourcing so which role does trust uh, play in outsourcing so when those yeah two worlds blend together so um manuel because you were talking about having a very trustful moment with your local team Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it would be very nice to see the or to hear your thoughts about the role um, of trust uh, in outsourcing. Yes. Um, so if I define outsourcing, I would say it's giving work and not only work, but the responsibility, uh, responsibility of the work result to another organization. So this is typically meant as or labeled as outsourcing. What we do is a little bit different because um, when you give responsibility to another organization, you have an account manager and no transparency. This is simply, yeah, you hope that you get a result and there is a lot of trust, but there is no transparency and there is no control. Mm -hmm. And I think this is most important factor why outsourcing fails very often. What we do is we, we don't need those organizations to outsource to and we don't need managers that control people because what I simply need is people that can contribute with their experience and their expertise to what I want to do and help me to get my job done. Um, whenever I have no transparency and I have no control over what people are doing, it's just luck and trust that something happens but without control and um, I would never... Uh, never ever give away work to an outsourcing organization where I have no transparency and no control because you're simply not sharing the same interest. 
And back to your question, this is what I experienced with my local team. We just had a common interest. So everyone had the same facts and everyone knows what other people in the organization want to achieve, whether it was growing their salary, whether it was more vacation, whether it was working from another part of the world. So we just uh, put our wish on the table and then everybody could deal with that. And if this is reality in any kind of outsourcing scenario, then I think it will work. Otherwise, it won't. Thanks a lot for this insight. And um, I also want to mention or highlight here the word communication, because communication is also the basis uh, for trust, um, as we can see after this discussion. Um, well, yes, Manuel and Dirk, um, I think we, we're quite um, through now. And I would like to conclude this important conversation. Um, so please state uh, one argument for and one against trust in project teams. Um, yeah, that would be great. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You are our guest. <laughs> <laughs> guest first. Yes. Okay, I'm very much onto trust into teams. I think I've made my point clear on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think trust needs control in projects. And if there is no contribution uh, of the, the people who work for me, then trust is not rightfully earned. There is a counter side to trusting, which I cannot easily sit because it's not distrust in beforehand, but it's I'm failing um, to deliver what I trust the person to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, from my perspective, trust without transparency is simply lack. And uh, if you give trust to people and you have full transparency about everything, uh, then I think this is the best way of working because everyone is free to make own decisions and has not to fear other managers and not to fear um, failure. So I'm, I'm absolutely for trust, but only if there is transparency in the same way. I'd like to thank our guest Dirk Stout for joining us today. You can find out more about Dirk on his website using the link in the show notes. You can subscribe to The Virtual Frontier or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to learn more about using virtual teams as a service, visit flashhub.io. On behalf of the team here at FlashHub, I'd like to thank you for listening. So until next episode, keep exploring new frontiers.